All right. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and today we are talking about what it means to be broken, but for a purpose. Uh, So we're going to break down a little bit of um, brokenness and understand what that is, but we're also going to look at the purpose behind it. So we have two guests here who are um, joining us because they understand a little bit something about broken with a purpose or for a purpose. Um, But first we have author Latasha Woodcock. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Hi, Dr. Pamela. Thank you for having me. Yes, and it's look, great to be here. Yeah, and Latasha um, is an author uh, with Tandem Light Press, actually, and um, and so she is. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, and what do you do? I'm Latasha Woodcock. <laughs> I'm from Augusta, Georgia. I'm the author of "It's Behind Her Smile." That's my first published book by Tandem Light, which Dr. Pamela was my publisher. Um, I just enjoy going out and encouraging women, helping women to overcome trials and tribulations that they're going through, being an example to them, letting them know, look, what you're going through, I've been through that, I can tell you, I can show you mm-hmm. how you can get over that by just being a light, being an example to those women. I love it. I love it. It's beautiful. All right. And Felicia. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, I am Felicia McGee, and um, of course, I'm um Woman of God, <laughs> love sharing with women about our brokenness, and I myself have dealt with a lot of brokenness, and just trying to overcome that. Um, and we're just looking forward to helping other women. Yes, I love it. So tell us about this conference that you have coming up. The conference will be February twenty fourth in Augusta, Georgia. It's a conference that um, I was doing my prayer and fasting and asking God to give me something else to give me another dimension to take the women and that's what he dropped in my spirit broken for a purpose letting women know also um, men you know things that you're going through Mm -hmm. you know you're not alone you have someone that can understand someone that can help you get through um, someone that can show you the way you know sometimes when you're broken and you're dealing with things you think you're all alone and you don't know how you don't have anyone to turn to or anyone to help you so sometimes you just need someone to just encourage you and someone to show you how to get through. So that's what we're going to be doing February 24th, just women and men coming together um, just to just talk about, discuss some of the brokenness, some of the things mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. Um, they may not even be dealing with it, may have overcame it already. Yeah. So just yeah. to be there for others and be a listening ear, be a vent to share and let other women express what it is that they're battling with and just helping them to overcome their brokenness. We talk about brokenness. What What's an example? And, and I would imagine that, you know, when we talk about brokenness, what what's an example of what, what you mean by that? You know, what are some of the things that people have experienced that have caused, and bro- caused brokenness? For myself, relationships mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly mm-hmm. get out of one bad relationship, going into bad relationships mm-hmm. uh, repeatedly, mm-hmm. get out of one bad relationship, going into another and as well as me being broken, I discovered that it wasn't just me. It was the men that I was broken. They were broken. So how can two people get through anything if you're both broken, if mm. you don't know how to get past or if you don't know how to move uh, move on? Right. So my brokenness came from relationships, not only just with men, but also with family, with mm-hmm. friends, with people in general, and most of all, my relationship with God. Right. You know, if I was, I was broken and didn't know my way, didn't see, wasn't listening to God, so I couldn't rely on him or depend on God to get me through anything if I'm broken and I'm tuning him out and looking for other people to fix me. Yes. So my brokenness have helped me to overcome and really to see and get closer with God. Wow. Wow. And what about you, Felicia? What What have you experienced that has caused brokenness? Well, I'll have to say the same thing that um, Latasha said, brokenness, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, that is probably the main 
brokenness for us women and men that is just the main thing and a lot of times what we try to do is we try to find not it and we'll go and we'll seek out the relationships not thinking that hey this person may also be broken Mm -hmm. but then we're hoping that you know the both of us together can you know we have to understand that even from jumping from relation to relationship there needs to we have to understand that even from jumping from relation to relationship there needs to take a place of healing absolutely and even when going through that place of healing there's only one that can miss. Okay. So I uh, felt that been walking in the um, what we call it wholeness. Okay. So I uh, felt that definitely relationships yeah. is the main thing that causes a lot of brokenness. So I, I think um, it's really interesting what you say. You know, you have to you have to face it. You have to you know go through that process mm-hmm. with God and you know and and so what that means is having a mirror put in your face and yes. said yes here's here's what you're looking like right now. Here's yes. what mm-hmm. is you're dealing with right now. And a yes. lot of people prefer to just cover their mirrors mm-hmm. and just keep going on about yes, life without without right. dealing with it so that's, that's the right. hard part and and that's i really want to get into that part reality that the, the the reality that this is what's going on mm-hmm. and i actually cannot get past it until i actually face it that's right. so um but we're going to get first we're going to get into trending topics Okay, so um, one of the the trending topics is um, Colin Kaepernick. I I bring him up quite a bit on the show. (laughs) I really love what he's doing. I support what he's doing. Um, But he's also doing um, a lot of fundraising. So we've heard about the whole taking a knee during the games and the the backlash that he's received because of that um, not being signed. Right? (laughs) Who knew? I mean, did he about purpose, right? Right. (laughs) Who knew? I mean, did he know stepping into the NFL? that this was going to become his plight. Um, so he's announced the latest of his of uh, donations. Um, the final um, was $100,000 um, worth of donations, um, in part for a program that he announced, um, 10 donations of $10,000 um, that he's giving to 10 different organizations, um, with matching or- donations from different celebrities, which included the likes of St- Steph Curry. Um, and so it's... Um, Snoop Dogg <laughs> leadership that he's mm-hmm. taking to um it's it's really this position of leadership that he's mm-hmm. taking to not not just demonstrate to also bollock a manner what mm-hmm. it means to make a difference in the black community but to also demonstrate it putting your what it looks like and how how to go about this and so show you all what it looks like and how how to go about this and so Colin Kaepernick um I you know and I don't know how much you all you think about Colin Kaepernick um I you know and I don't know how much you all you know know about him and what's going on with him but you you, you know we do know that he up for um you know thing in other words standing up for um you know the police brutality against black men um any thoughts on that at all any you know <laughs> is that no. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say that I'm, I'm, I'm very, we never know what our purpose is. You know, right. we never know what we're going to be called to do. And I think that it's important to just step up to the plate and, you know, be willing to move in that direction. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. So. All right. Well, so we're going to go to break. Stay with us. And we will be right back on the Life Exchange. All right, so welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, today we are talking about brokenness, but being broken with a purpose, and I'm joined by Woodcock. I'm Switch Woodcock, and I mean, (laughs) 
Latasha Woodcock. I'm switching. I'm mixing them all up. Latasha Woodcock and Felicia McGee. And um, and so one of the things that we mentioned at the break, Felicia was saying that you know it sometimes it takes time to you know before you just jump into a new relationship mm-hmm. because a lot of times relationships are um, the way that the brokenness really we start to realize. I, I would I would venture to say that the brokenness um, probably happened before the relationship, mm-hmm. and then we just walk that right into a That's relationship. Um, and so, but there's that time that Felicia was talking about that we actually have to spend with God mm-hmm. and spend with ourselves to really face that that you know what's going on with us and and what. Um, we need to repair. Right. So can either of you, and I, I actually would love to hear as much of your story as you're willing to tell. <laughs> um, but in that, in that story, um, but would you be willing to talk about your moment of having God placing that mirror in your face and saying, you know what, I, I, I just have to deal with it. There's nothing else I can do, but to deal with this before I move forward. Yes. Uh, with me, there were several moments, um, but one moment that really stuck out for me and to really realize that God was getting my attention was the moment that I was pretty much on my deathbed oh. when I, um, what we call PPCM, peripotum cardiomyopathy. Um, I had that after, I was diagnosed with that after I had my son, my last son, my 12-year-old. And just laying there, lying there in bed, not knowing exactly what it is that God had for me, mm-hmm. not understanding his calling that he had on my life, and just realizing that, hey, I have been going back and forth in relationships. I have been going back and forth to people, trying to get people to fill this void, trying to get people to heal me, and not realizing that my healing comes from God, mm-hmm. not realizing that the hurt, the pain that I was dealing with, I was holding it all in, and not only was I just holding it in for myself, but that began to going to other people you know i'm bringing my brokenness to you i meet you i'm bringing you i'll give you my brokenness and we're exchanging brokenness things that you're dealing with growing up things i'm dealing with and just not allowing god to come in and just to heal me um god really had to show me you know i am your healer i will heal you i will get you through this but i just need you to surrender i need you to sit back and just listen to what i have to say to you i need you to sit back and answer what it is that i have called you to do um if i didn't get myself together it was either pretty much death is death or life and i chose life and i said god you get me out of this you know i will serve you i will do what it is that you have called me to do so just being able to just see my life flash before me and knowing that, hey, I have a family now. You know, I have children. I have my family that I have to be here for, that mm-hmm. I have to take. I don't want my family to have to go without me and knowing that I didn't fulfill my purpose. Yeah. You know, I didn't get a chance to allow God to heal me. I didn't get a chance to allow God to show me what it is that he has for me. So he had to sit me back. Sometimes when you're dealing with things, sometimes you're going through your hurt, you're going through your pain, you tend to tune God out because you're trying to figure it out on your own. Yeah. How like, can I get past this? I gotta, yes. Let me figure this out So first. we tend to <laughs> tune God out and yeah. we miss what it is that he has for us and we miss what it is that he's trying to bless us with right. because we're trying to handle things on our own. So not just allowing God to heal me, like mm-hmm. Felicia say, just keep going back and forth and not taking that time out to be healed, not taking that time out to get to know God for myself, Mm -hmm. not taking that time out to know God personally. And once you get to know God personally, you come into a place where God is me and you, Mm -hmm. you know, everything else will fall in place. Right. So it was just having to have God to lay me on my back and say, Hey, it's time for you to get it right. Either you get it right or this could be your death sentence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just, wow, that's pretty, uh, 
pretty interesting choice to have to make there. Like, oh, you know, but yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, some people struggle with is the tangible understanding of what it means when God is talking to you or when you're, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's a, you know, a dream that I have or is it a voice in my mm-hmm. head? And, you know, how do I know when I'm faced with that actual choice? And, and, you know, and so how do you make that tangible for people to really understand God's voice? You would know it's God because when God gives you a word, when God is speaking to you, not only is he going to give it to you, he's going to send confirmation. Mm-hmm. And it may through it may be through people. It may be through a book. But most of all, it's in the word of God. Mm-hmm. So he will send you confirmation. And it's just like you and I are talking. Right. It's just that voice that you know that this has to be God. And sometimes, uh, like my son always say, when, when you're comfortable, it's you. Mm-hmm. When you're uncomfortable, it's God. <laughs> so there are times where mm-hmm. we tend to be uncomfortable, yeah. and God is speaking to us. Mm-hmm. God is dealing with us. God is showing us, but we have to allow him to do what he does. So find the message in the discomfort. There's, yes. There's a message somewhere in this discomfort, yes. and I need to find that. That is yes. it. Okay. So, um, what, so what was the, you know, you, and, and you talked about this in your book, so without giving it all away, because <laughs> we want you to buy the book. Yes. Um, <laughs> But, you know, but what is um, an example of a relationship that you experienced that just wasn't, you knew this wasn't, wasn't right. It just didn't pan out. It was a relationship involving someone where I tend to be mistreated. I tend to allow him to verbal abuse me. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that abuse came from physical abuse. Right. But it was mentally, it was physical abuse. And to keep going back and forth with um, hearing I love you. You know, when you have a void in your life, there are some things that you want to hear. So there may be people that come and tell you those things that you want to hear and you think that that's it. Yeah. But just realizing that it was more, I wanted more, that God had more for me. It's just not just repeated relationship. Um, then people mistreat me. Right, right. Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about Felicia's um, story. And then um, we're also going to get into the research. So stay with us. We'll be right back on The Life Exchange. Okay, so so there is a um, a concept called resiliency theory. Are you either of you familiar with that? No. So we've heard the word resilience, but we probably haven't heard it from the context of a theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of educators and, and and probably sociologists and social scientists use this as well um, because I think it comes from the social science world. But in education, we talk about resiliency theory a lot when it comes to children and how they overcome hardships mm-hmm. um, and, and still succeed in school. Um, teachers overcoming um, you know difficult environments and then being resilient and still being great teachers. So, um, but basically what resiliency theory is, um, is it says that there are certain protective factors that have to be in place in order for somebody to be resilient over um, a difficult situation that they face in life. Um, And so there are some examples of protective factors are access to positive role models, Mm -hmm. um, a safe space. So your environment is something that you're not in constant Mm -hmm. fear of. Um, knowledge of help services, so you have access to get the help you need, you know, whatever that is. Opportunities to learn and develop skills, um, peer support, 
and shared experiences, um, access to help services. I think I said that too. Well, knowledge of help service was the first one. Access to help services is the other. So it's one thing to have those services available, but if you don't know about them, mm-hmm. then you won't be able to utilize them or reach out for them. And then the last is building a sense of attachment and belonging. So somebody who goes through a really difficult time, the more of those components that they have in place as part of their life, mm-hmm. um, the more likely they are to be resilient over those situations. Um, you know, the opposite is when you have, um, you know, just a, a very toxic environment you're trying to navigate that through without having any of those protective measures in place. Um, and by the way, I should say that the research is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. <laughs> BBLA Cosmetics is, um, they are the ones who took care of the look on my face today. So we have got to give them a shout out. Um, and then Positive Gear, I'm wearing your gear today. Um, really awesome, positive the, the whole store is filled with just positive statements and, and things like that. Uh, but to get back to, to the idea of resiliency. So with that theory in mind, mm-hmm. um, could you think back to what, because I, I, my perception is that you both were resilient over your life situations. Mm-hmm. Do any of those resonate with you as things that may have been in place that, that kind of helped you bounce back after a difficult time? For me, it was a safe place. Yeah. Um, Just having a group of people that I can confide in. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Felicia and I was talking on the way here. There are times when we're going through and we don't want others to know what we're going through because of judgment. Yeah. Um, We don't want others to know what we're going through because we're afraid that, hey, you're going to know what's going on in my life. You're going to see the real Tasha. You're going to see what Tasha is dealing with. Uh, We have to have a safe place. We have to have a I say a circle where yes. you be able to confide into someone that you know that you can trust them. You know that you're safe with them. They will help you to get through what it is that you're going through. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and without that, I mean, of course, there have been people who've who've made it, you know, without the the comforts, mm-hmm. you know, the group of people, the, the support system. But there's usually something in place that has, has made it possible for them. And so, um, so it's really... You know, when working with somebody else who is going through a difficult situation, mm-hmm. you know, what what are the things that they have in place to build their support system? It's um, it, and I would say, you know, having a spiritual life is is really important, yes. but they can't be in isolation. They still need a community. Mm-hmm. They need, still need people to, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my book is that, um, you know, there's there's a and I don't know how you, y'all can debate me if you want, <laughs> but <laughs> there is a scripture that says that God won't put more on us than we can bear. And a lot of times people, well, it's actually not a scripture. I've looked for it. I've researched (laughs) it. I'm like, you guys, this is a saying, this is not a scripture. So what I've, um, you know, what it makes people do is say, well, you got this guy, you know, God won't put anything more in you than Mm -hmm. you can bear. And then we go about our business and, 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 and I guess, you know, want them to deal with it themselves. And I think that we need a community. So when I did do the research on the whole idea of God not putting more on us than we can bear, the only thing I could find was God saying, bear each other's burdens. Mm -hmm. You know, so carry each other's burdens instead of saying, oh, you know, God's got you. You're good, you know, and then walking (laughs) away. So we need each other. Mm -hmm. And though this particular um, theory didn't, you know, point to spirituality in any way, it also 
makes it very clear that we need people. We yes. need each other, you know. So we need we need kind of a combination of both mm-hmm. because I think we are put here to to help each other. Right. So right. so when you say that you had that that community mm-hmm. and that safe place, you know that that's really important. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. So so what what do you think, um, Felicia? Even outside of specifically what's listed here, what are some of the things that that kind of helped you pull through? Well, I. I have to be honest. A lot of a lot of times, um, I know that it, a lot of people say, "Well, it is okay to go to people and be able to surround yourself with people, or mm-hmm. people just like you." Yeah. But for me, um, one of the things that has always helped me is going, as we could say, our safe place. Just yeah. going there and just getting in the presence of God mm-hmm. and saying, "God, help me get through this." Yeah. Um, getting in a place of worship mm-hmm. and just allowing Him to just fill me. And it's like when I get up and when I walk away, it's like I feel. You know, revived. Refresh, I feel yeah. so much better, and it's like it is one of those things that I'll just take it all to God and just give it to Him because He said, "Cast your cares upon Me." Mm-hmm. So that way, I know that I'll just go and I'll just cast it and just give it to Him. And when I come out of my secret place, it's like I feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. So refreshed. So you have the strength. You have yes. the focus, the clarity of yes. thought. Mm-hmm. I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> and that is because I, I, because I understand that feel. I understand what it feels like to come out of that place and like you know (laughs) so yes absolutely so yeah so there's there's a lot of um you know validity and and just being able to you know to sit with god and just to really be able to um find that place of peace you know before Mm -hmm. making decisions and i think that's where a lot of people kind of stumble because they're making decisions without really processing it and sitting still you know and um and so i know that's where i've gotten in trouble (laughs) in the past (laughs) so um so stay with us um if you have any questions you want to add to the conversation you can call 678-613-5857 call or text Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And um, today we are talking about Broken for a Purpose. So um, we're really kind of looking at, um, you know, some of the scenarios and the situations that we address, that we deal with um, that may cause brokenness or that may um, be a manif- manifestation of our brokenness. And so um, one of the things that I mentioned before earlier was that our, you know, sometimes our tendency to go into bad relationships is um, often evidence of brokenness that already existed Mm -hmm. and and that we are you know sometimes it's the more the deeper we go into it the more you know the more we face the same situations it's almost the worse it gets because it's like a message stop 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 (laughs) Um, and so I can definitely say that I can attest to that um, personally so all three of us have um, uh, something in common in that we were all um teenage moms mm-hmm. and um and i'm assuming single moms as teenagers yes. yes okay so i was as well um and and so i'm curious to know what that experience was like for you um you kind of just walk through that yes i'll be more than happy to um i'm felicia um for me mine started when i was about 16 years old and not one baby but two babies oh, wow. so um 
that that was hard. That was rough. That was a lot that um, I, I wasn't able to accept. I mean, even the fact of knowing that I had, you know, thinking that I had just one baby there, mm-hmm. but then when I realized and found that there was two, that twins? was twins. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. So having twins, that you know, that that took a lot out of me. Yeah. Um, and for me, even now. I did not realize, I had no idea um, that that is where my brokenness started mm. um, until just just recently, I say recently, um, God had to just sit me down and deal with me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that God said is that, okay, we're going to have to get to the source of this thing because there there's there's a trend here and we're going to we're going to have to start where it all started. And he took me back. And say this is one thing you didn't want you didn't want to deal with you just didn't want to talk about um, but hey people need to know yeah um, and and you got to understand that you dealt with that thing mm-hmm. and here I am now to look back over the years I can say that um, the twins will be twenty two wow. this month um, they're getting ready sure <laughs> <laughs> they're getting ready to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has just been an amazing journey. And then what God had to show me and, and just show me like, hey, I was there from the beginning until now. And mm-hmm. now it is time for me to, you know, to deal with this thing with you. And so I had to get to the source of my brokenness. So are you open to talking about what the source is? Or is Yeah, it- yeah. Um, one of the things that I remember um, even being a, when I first first got pregnant um i tried i took you know i tried to take my life okay suicide was just the way to go mm-hmm. and um i didn't i didn't know no other way out mm-hmm. i didn't know no other way what to do um so suicide was the way to go mm-hmm. and back then i didn't understand god i didn't understand who was talking to me who yeah. was um you know telling me hey you know your life is over you know you're just 16 you mm-hmm. haven't even God, you haven't even graduated from high school. You know, your life is over. Hmm. So you might as well go ahead and end it. Mm-hmm. And so suicide for me was the way out. And um, I remember being in the hospital and I remember just laying in the bed. And this nurse, she was just so, I mean, she just came to me. And one of the things she said, and it stuck with me, is that you shall live and not die. Hmm. Because God has a purpose for your life. Right. And she laid her hands on my stomach. And that's all I remember. Yeah. So um, that wow. was definitely a way that I was like, oh, God, this is it for me. My life is over. So it started there. Mm-hmm. And God had to get to the source of it all. Because when I said my life was over, I felt my life was over. So yeah. I devalued myself. Wow. wow. And and that's what I mean. That You know, we, we, we need God and we need people that God mm-hmm. sends our way to, to drive the message home. Mm-hmm. To say... No, wake up. This is yes. <laughs> you shall live and not die. You know, that's that's powerful. Okay, we're we're gonna go to break. Um we'll be right back. Stay with us. Keeping your balance with Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Dr. Pamela. Okay, so this week's balance challenge is for you to transform negative experiences into positive energy because a lot of times we take these negative experiences and we just walk around like you know I'm guilty I do it (laughs) so sometimes we have to be very intentional about how we look at our experiences and what we do with those experiences so three ways that I want you to um, transform these negative experiences into positive um, is number one you know remember who loves you remember 
the people in your life who are there for you, who have your back, who love you, who care about you. Because a lot of times we like to stay fixated on the people who are hating on us or the people who are, you know, causing us this pain. So if we can transfer for transfer our focus onto those people who actually do care about us, um, then yes, then that's one way. Number number two is to change the method of love, but not the capacity for love that you have. So you may not be able to love the person the same way. You may have to change the method a little bit by creating some distance or, you know, being less vulnerable, you know, but you don't necessarily change the capacity for love that you have for that person. You still wish them well. You still pray for them. You still want them to, to, to do well. Um, to, um, so, so important to do that because when you change your, when you decide I'm going to hate somebody or you try, you turn it into a negative thing that comes back to you, Mm -hmm. that weighs on you and that causes you to carry yourself just, you know, like, oh, so, so that's number two. And number three, use language, um, new language to describe the experience. And so instead of saying, you know, well, they're always trying to get over on me, you know, think about how, well, this is a new challenge that I'm, I'm being trained for. I'm being prepared for greater. I'm, this is helping me towards my purpose. And so, um, so transform negative experiences into positive energy. Number one, remember who loves you. Number two, change the method of love, not the capacity for love. And then number three, use new language to describe the experience. I want you to try that on one of your negative experiences this week and let me know how that works. There's your challenge. Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and I am joined by Latasha Woodcock and Felicia McGee, and we are talking about being broken, but being broken with a purpose or for a purpose. Um, and so Latasha was talking about her experience in, in being a teenage mom and, uh, or just finding out really, you know, what that was just the beginning. Lo and behold, she had a 22 year journey and that's yeah. keep that's continuing, you know, after that. Um, so, so when you first got that initial shock and you were just, um, and you had attempted suicide and you had, you know, the nurse came to you and said, you shall live and not die, kind of woke you back up, brought you back. What, um, you know, what, what happened after that? I mean, how did you manage the process of raising children as a, as a teenage mom? Okay. So, um, after finding, after, um, for me, the nurse coming in and speaking with me the very next day is when I found out that I was having twins. So it was a really another (laughs) breakdown. So you were already kind of far along or how long? Yes, I was actually about almost four months when I found out. Not much stomach, but um, I was almost four months when I found out. And um, so, of course, they came back and said, hey, um, you're pregnant with twins. (laughs) So for me, I just cry like, I can't tell anyone, what am I going to do? And so from there, the doctor started giving me options like, hey, we can put, you know, we can go ahead and start doing some um, adoption papers Mm. and you can just think about that. Maybe this is something you want to do if you feel like this is something you can't do. Um, And so I said, well, I'll think about it. And then the very next day, I said, no. I'm not giving them up. I'm going to go through this journey. Mm. And um, it I can tell you it was a journey. But when I look back and I think about, um, I just think about how God just was with me, mm-hmm. um, how family stepped in, you know, how friends stepped in. People started stepping in and just started helping me out and, mm-hmm. you know, just helping me raise these babies. But um, for me, the biggest challenge was like, at first, when I found out I was pregnant, I had a lot of um, negative comments coming toward my way, like, hey, yes. you know, no one will ever love you, Ooh. you know, no, you will yes. never be able to find a, a decent relationship. 
Well, all of those things took root. Mm. I didn't realize mm. it took root there. Yep. And so the types of relationships that I seeked after was nothing that God really had for me. Yeah. They were just relationships to just to just to say, hey, see, I told you I can mm-hmm. find someone. Yep. But they wasn't what God had for me. Right. And so even now, here it is almost 22 years later, and I did not realize that that was the source of my brokenness. Yep. That's where it started. And so the thing is, is that we have to understand saying is that we have to find we got to find out where did it start where did it start yep. and we got to start dealing with that thing right there yeah. and for me I found out that mine started over 22 years ago mm-hmm. and here's 22 years later and I'm just facing it I'm just dealing with it right. I'm just but God had to sit me down yeah. and say look you have repeated relationships where they're doing the same thing mm-hmm. they're hurting you you know you're going through verbal abuse and you're taking it and mm-hmm. all it's doing is piling on top of what you're already dealing with you're going to have to deal with this thing right now and that means going through a season of singleness Mm -hmm. where it's just you and I Mm -hmm. and I tell you going through a season of singleness has been the best thing that I have ever experienced because now I'm able to deal with this thing take it right here and I know that God is going you know he's already making me whole so I'm just so excited what he's doing in my life but hey recognizing the problem knowing where it all started at that is powerful. I mean, I, I I probably told the exact same story about my own life in, you know, several times on this show, you know, just about how that well, those were the messages that were coming to me, you know, by church members, by yes. friends, yes. you know, and you're never going to get this. Never. It was the nevers, all the nevers all the that nevers. were never going to happen. Um, and you're right. It took root and I believed it. That's and correct. even though nobody knew I believed it, and even though I didn't even realize I believed mm-hmm. it, it was the thing that that drove every decision I made that is correct. for the last 22 yes. years because my son is also 22 <laughs> and I recently figured it out too um maybe a year a year and a half ago that you know yeah you know and um and the question that was posed to me is you have you grew up in a loving family you have yes. a father and a mother who love and care about you who who affirmed you and all of that so at what point was it okay did it become okay for you to feel like you have to do whatever you have to do mm-hmm. to hold on to these men. Yes. What what was that? And that's when it clicked. Oh my gosh. It was in that moment where yeah. I was told, well, you ain't going to get anybody. So that's my response right. was, hold on. All you have to do is breathe. I'll take care of the yes. rest. You know? <laughs> so, right. so, but it's, that's so powerful. And I think that what, what we really need to understand is think back to those, those moments in our lives where we did face turbulence and we in all these messages that mm-hmm. people were telling us what took root and mm-hmm. what is it that is impacting how we are behaving in the decisions we're making today um what about you latasha for me um now i realize where my brokenness started i realized that like you i lived in a home where i had my father and my mother there <clears throat> excuse me and I wonder, I wonder the same thing, you know, what is it that made me go out? What was that made me seek after guys? What is it that made me feel like I wasn't being loved? I wasn't getting what I needed. And in that process of me seeking out, trying to find someone to fill a void that I thought I had from lack of love, lack of attention, not hearing you're beautiful, not hearing, you know, positive things. Mm-hmm. I went out and I started from guys and it's like, you know, the guys told me what I want to hear. So just hearing, you know, you're beautiful, you know, um, 
I love you. It's like, okay, well, I have someone that really loves me. I have someone that sees my beauty. Mm-hmm. Let's make this work. Yeah. And then out of that, there were, that's where I had my first son, also as a single mother, um, in high school. Mm-hmm. I got pregnant at 15 and had him at 16. So it's like that's when the negative comments came in. Mm-hmm. That's where I began to hear, um, like I said in the book, it's behind her smile. Check it out today. <laughs> That's <laughs> a plug for you. <laughs> but like I used to, um, like I used to say that um, the negative comments, you know, well, church girl got a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that too. <laughs> church girl got a baby. How did the church girl get pregnant? Um, you know, no one is going to want you. It's not going to work. Um, you're going to keep going through the same thing. You're going to keep doing this. He's going to leave you. So trying to hold on to some just to prove the naysayers mm-hmm. that, um, hey, he do love me. Hey, yeah. we're going to make this work. And not knowing that, yeah, they were speaking negative, but also it became true mm-hmm. because I was young. Yeah. And I was trying to fill that voice. So um, just trying to hold on to someone that wasn't for me. Right. And then not only did I have that, then here it is my senior year and another thing I printed again with mm-hmm. my second child mm-hmm. by the second guy and again the same thing I went through with the first one I brought into the second one so I kept building on yeah. you know and expecting these guys to make a change you know in my life not realizing that um, they're not the change nope. <laughs> you know um, yeah. so just having to deal with the, deal with those things and again just trying to prove to people that hey you know you say I can't do this you say I can't do that you say I won't have no one to um, love me, then I'm going to show you I have someone. So trying to hold on to something that wasn't meant for me. Right. Okay. Wow. So so what? Okay. So so today's love note comes from a person who chooses to remain anonymous. <laughs> Caller Jody. <laughs> so so Jody inboxed me um, earlier this week, and she wanted to um, know. Basically, um, she's going through a, a very difficult divorce, and you know, and so, um, and it's it's kind of the situation where no matter how little she tries to be the the soon to be ex husband is extremely she tries to be the the soon to be ex husband is extremely angry and bitter and is doing everything he can to hurt her, to create you know to get to revenge and you know try to take her for everything she's worth to try to take custody of the kid and you know all of that and so she's really struggling and. And clearly this is a here is a moment in which somebody can point to to say that this either caused my brokenness or that it, it caused my my growth or both you know I was broken and then grew um, but but her question is how can she get through this situation without crumbling and also without having him take over and take her for all she's worth <laughs> so I'm, I'm laughing because Latasha looks over at Felicia like okay here's the expert so I don't know <laughs> do you have any advice well for Jody? I, I am also divorced okay um, um, not saying I went through the same similar thing right but yes I did go through a moment where um, my ex-husband became very bitter mm. um, he became so so mean to me mm. and it's like I don't understand and I remember um just crying and I remember him saying to me like you know you call yourself a woman of God and you're always in the church but but look at you this is not of God you're just this and started beating me down with that and I started feeling guilty because it's like well maybe it's right maybe I need to stay in this right maybe I need to make this thing work maybe I need to deal with this thing but to be honest with you I so started surrounding myself with um godly women Mm -hmm. I started allowing those women to pray with me mm-hmm. and pray for me and just just help me get through that thing. Um, 
there are moments when I would just go in church and no one know what's going on with me and I'll just fall on my knees and then I'll just start worshiping God and just praying and just crying to God you got to get me through this mm-hmm. I want to walk away from this this is not your will for my life but it took that moment of going through that to help me to realize that this is not it so for her it is it's going to be hard it's going to be a struggle but if there is no other time that you needed God this is the time that you're going to have to reach out and you're going to have to get God because only God is going to be able to get um, get you through this mm-hmm. and most importantly he's the only one that's going to be able to touch that man's heart and be able to help him to understand that you know this is my child this is my daughter yeah. you know I'm not going to allow you to do this to her you're going to take your hands off of her and you're going to walk away mm-hmm. so at this moment it is the time where you're going to have to just find yourself surrounded by women of God um, having them to intercede seed with you having them to pray you through this thing and then the moment will come when that man will just just up up and walk away and you're talking about the best relationship after that um even for my ex and I you know it, it took a minute but you know we still speak we still talk mm-hmm. and you know but I had to deal we had to deal with that thing but it was a moment where there were verbal words yeah so and and so sometimes you have to go straight through it. You, there's no yes, way around there's it. No you know? way around and it. So you go through, <laughs> and I and I love that. And, and the two things I took from that is to really get close to God and to pray, mm-hmm. but to also have you know these women of God around you. And and I know that you have to be very careful about who you have around you mm-hmm. when you Your go circle. through things like this. Um, because I know when I was going through this, I had um, there were a lot of women at the time. I'm in my forties now, <laughs> but I was in my thirties and I was coming across all these women in their forties and they were all all bitter and I was like what is it about 40 every last woman in her 40s I know is bitter that was not the people I needed to be around I intentionally kept myself around a different group of women but we're going to talk about that more when we get back Um, stay with us on the live exchange Welcome to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and today we are talking about Broken for a Purpose. And I have two wonderful guests who are here sharing their story, their knowledge, their expertise about, because they're experts by experience. We don't want to be experts because of experience, but, you know, sometimes that's just the the role we're given. Um, And so we have Latasha Woodcock here. She is um, the author of It's Behind Her Smile. And, um, And we also have Felicia McGee, and she is here also sharing her story. And so we are learning a lot from the wisdom of these two women and um, we just had um, uh, uh, I think we named her Jody, mm-hmm. and we were talking about just the the difficulty of getting through a divorce in which people um, you know the the other person is is making it especially difficult um, because of their you know sometimes I know in my case uh, I felt a sense of peace when I walked away when I walked out and it was um, it's a long time coming I don't tell people just walk away um, but it was one of those things I actually prayed about it for several months before I actually left I was struggling with it for the whole entire five years I was married but um, I was really praying for it and I got to the point where I said Lord if this is the decision that I need to make I, I need you to open a window or door or something for me and let me know and that's exactly what happened and so um, so for me that was that was the direction to go but as I was saying before the break 
um, surrounding yourself with the right people is so Mm -hmm. key because they can send you spiraling downwards, you know, or, (laughs) or they can pull you out, you know, or, or help you, you know, come out of that, um, dark that place of you know pain mm-hmm. you know because you're gonna you're, you're going to experience the pain yes that's something i'm not going to sugarcoat it it's <laughs> no, it's part it's of the process yes. it's part of the process one of the things that you said you had mentioned praying for the the, the individual the spouse um the ex-spouse or whatever the situation is um uh, and i i can attest to that that is a it's hard to do because you're you're caught up in your own pain and 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 for a lot of people the last thing they want to do is is to pray for the person that's causing pain but that's probably one of the most powerful things that you can do and i i can tell you i saw a total transformation it did not happen overnight <laughs> but like you said you know where the relationship is great with, with regards to co-parenting you know our our child but there were definitely rough times you know leading up to that and and that was a very specific thing that i prayed prayed for his heart prayed for god to soften his heart i know there's instances in the bible where god softened or hardened so i was like okay i need you to soften in this case please um it works it really does yeah oh yes Anything to add, Felicia? I mean, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) Latasha. And one thing um, I've learned, too, that when you're going through, you can allow everyone to know what you're going through. And what I'm beginning to see is that um, people that are broken, people that are dealing with things, if they're miserable and they're unhappy with their life and things that are going on in their life, they're going to be excited that you're going through. They're yeah. going to be excited that, you know, you're dealing with this and you're dealing with that because they want to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a place now where, okay, God, I don't want to be comfortable, yeah. you know, just because you want to be comfortable. I'm not going to downplay myself just to make you feel good about what you're, what you're in. Right. You know, I want more. I want better. So I'm not going to keep allowing anyone to break me. I'm not going to keep allowing you to speak negativity over my life right. you know because there is so much positive and that's what i'm beginning to see there's so much positive and so much that god has for me is i don't have time for the negative i don't have time for you to speak those things you know you have like i say all the time i've been abundant so long with people mm-hmm. i allow people to just hold me bound yeah. and it's now that i'm free i don't have time to allow anyone to speak negativity or anyone to say what I can't be, what I can't do, because you can say what I can't do, but God going to turn this thing around and he going to show me what he can and what he will do. So, you know, now I'm just, you know, God, you use me how you see fit. And also praying for those that are wishing negativity on my life, praying for those that are um, hating against me, like we say, and praying for those that don't know the way or that don't know how to deal with their own brokenness and trying to hold me, hold me back. So we have to pray. And then while you're praying, also pray, that God give you the strength to endure those things, to endure the things that the people are doing against you. Yeah. And once you forgive them, most of all, we have to forgive ourselves. Forgiveness is huge. Yes. yes. And then once I forgave myself, it just felt like a total burden was, li- was mm-hmm. lifted. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much I was my biggest enemy. Yeah. You know, I held myself back. So we have to forgive ourselves. We're hard on ourselves. Our, yes. God is on us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have to be gentle with ourselves and, and realize we make mistakes. We do. We do. But there is, for a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, these things happen. I mean, who would you be? And I'm not saying that you were supposed to get pregnant when mm-hmm. you were 15 mm-hmm. and 16 and, and me as well. But who would you be today without that experience? Right. And I say all the time, too, I used to, when I was going through this, I would say, why me? Why I got to go through this? Why I keep going through this? 
But now I took my focus off why I'm going through and realized what I'm going through is not for me. Yes, it's to help exactly. someone else. It's to help someone else that's going through what I'm going through now mm-hmm. and to help them to overcome. So I can't come to you and tell you, well, you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. God is going to get you through if he hasn't done it for me, if I haven't allowed him to do it for me. Mm-hmm. So if I haven't, ex- haven't experienced anything, I can't help you to get through what you're, what you're going through. So now it's like, okay, what's my next challenge, God? What is my next test that you have for me? Because I know it's something great. I'm scared to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, something but, great that's yeah. going to come out of it. You yeah, know, yeah. It is scary because you don't know. Right. And we don't, the flesh don't want to go through anything. Yeah, yeah. But once we go through and we come out, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, God, I praise you. I thank you for allowing yeah. me to go that. Because now look who I, look who I am. You know, and it helps me to help help others. Right. So. And that's the point of it. I mean, I, I, I recently put on my social media like, that I, I've been in a moment of peace and, mm-hmm. and everything has just been really kind of falling into place. And I wrote a, a post that said, life is really good right now. Can we just pause it and slow dance to this <laughs> just for a while? I don't want to go yes. into new phase. This, 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 you know, enjoy this for a minute. But um, the beauty in that is being able to enjoy the moments as they as we have them, you know, but it is also about being prepared, yes. you know, for what's coming next. And so, you know, so that's very important. Um, I, when we come back, I, I would love to share um, what my what I think I would have been like had I not gone through my experience. And I'd love to hear you all chime in on that as well. So stay with us. We'll be right back on the live exchange. All right. Trending Topics this week is brought to you by BBLA Cosmetics. They are um, excellent. They do full service um, services for skincare, not just makeup, but skincare, um, different um, solutions, facials. They even get rid of skin tags. You got some skin tags? They'll they'll take care of that for you. (laughs) Um, So BBLA Cosmetics. Um, So it's trending today um, or trending this week. So another, um, and I know some of you have been following this, but there's been a lot of accusations of sexual harassment that have been in the news. Well, here is a case where it is, um, there is a court case held, um, and this is of American, the former doctor for the American gymnastics team, Dr. Lawrence G. Nassar. Um, he was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison um, last Wednesday for multiple sex crimes, capping an extraordinary seven-day hearing that drew more than 150 young women to publicly confront him and speak of their abuse. Ooh. And we talked about sometimes our experiences. Um, you know, we, we, we find our purpose in our experiences. Nobody wants to have these experiences. Um, but wow, 150 women. That is, that is a lot. That is a lot. And 175 years, um, in prison is the maximum. And, um, so, you know, and some people would say, oh, that's a bit harsh. I mean, and I've actually heard some people say that, that it's a bit harsh. And I'm, Yes, but but think about the impact you have made negatively yes. on mm-hmm. on these young women's lives um, at the time, girls. You know what I mean. Um, another thing, and this is more positive news. After more than seventy years, the Cleveland Indians will part ways with their famous and notorious logo, Chief Wahoo. That alone is like 
offensive. Like, come on, y'all. Which has been the subject of protests for years. The New York Times reports that Major League Baseball Commissioner uh, Rob Manfred pressured Indians chairman and CEO Paul Dolan into making the change. So the change will go into effect in 2019. And um, I have to say I'm very shocked because there has been, I mean, I, I know when I was in college, that was one of the issues that we were bringing forth, you know, that these offensive logos, I mean, I wouldn't want to have like a Sambo as part of the, the logo for a baseball team, you know, representing, you know, no, you know, and so, um, so that's, that's kind of, that's the same thing. And so for people to be so incident sensitive and hostile when asked to change it, you know, has been mind blowing. So I am really glad that they are making that change. So, so with regards, I have to give some shout outs because, um, we've, we've got some people who are, who are listening and commenting and all of that great stuff. So if I miss your name, I'm sorry, but we've got Lakeisha Farmer, Bridget Gethers. We have Cindy Wilson. We have Nico Michelle. We have Danielle Harrell or Harrell. Um, We have Akisha Taylor, um, Latoya, Danielle. I said Danielle already. Andrea, Queen Mel Callahan, um, thank you for tuning in and Thanks, checking ladies. us out. Yes, they have been extremely supportive of author um, Latasha <laughs> Woodcock. They are like her her uh, little cheer section. So, <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, so thank you for joining us and, and commenting and all of that. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And so for those of you asking about the shirt, the shirt. So it says, love yourself first. How cute is this, right? And um, it is by um, Positive Gear. And they have a store in the Sugarloaf Mall, but they also have an Instagram page to look for Positive Gear on Instagram. It is They do custom stuff at all as well. So they do their own, um, the stuff that you see here. But they also, if you have an idea... They'll create it for you as well. So it's pretty cool. Um, Positive gear. So um, I'll make sure I post the link. And um, definitely because I was very impressed. I was drawn into the store when I walked in. I was like, wait a minute. All of these quotes are positive. I love it. Um, And it has a little glitter. I don't know if you can tell, but the afro has glitter on it. I love it. So yes, yes, yes. He did a a really good job. Um, So we are, um, gosh, we've just, we've talked about so much. Um, But one of the things I said I was going to do when we come back is, you know, I, I like I reflect on every now and then, like who would I be mm-hmm. if I didn't go through that? Because I was on a track, totally different track. I was mm-hmm. on a track to go straight to college, you know, do all of that stuff, you know, maybe travel and do, I was a journalism major, so I thought maybe I'll travel to a few places and do some journalism. I definitely thought I was going to be a CNN anchor. Not too late, <laughs> it still happened, but that was the you know part of the dream. And then I was going to meet an amazing husband. We were going to have three kids, two boys and a girl, and we were going to have a nice home and a you know nice. Suburban neighborhood. That was the plan. That was what was supposed to happen. Um, but you know what? I think if that had happened, if mm-hmm. my life had gone in that track, I think I would have been, first of all, very naive to what other people, to real life stuff that people deal with, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I would have been very judgmental. Yes. So I know that I was judgmental when I was a teenager and people around me would get pregnant and I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I was, you know, I was a very proud virgin and I would mm-hmm. preach to the other women in our um, young adult women ministry about waiting till you get married. And, um, and so if they didn't wait until they get married, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd be thinking, wow, you know, well, you didn't, you know, follow the plan. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and so I and while I never showed them that kind of judgment, I definitely had it on the inside. When mm. I was in my doctoral program, um, a, a lot of people went you know went through divorces in that process, and, they, and the divorce rate for doctoral students is very high. And my thing was. Yeah, that's because they don't put it, they don't invest in their marriages. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course that's going to happen. So people would get divorced in the program, like, huh, yeah, they didn't, you know, and I was very proud of being one of the ones that was still married. You know, mm -hmm. I'm still married. I'm still, well, lo and behold, <laughs> three months after I walked across that stage, oh, wow. I was declaring divorce. Oh, wow. So I think that I, it must be in my nature to be very judgmental. Before I go through something, I have become very humble now. <laughs> I have found that every time I judge somebody about something that's happened in their life, mm -hmm. I experience it. So I have learned, I think I've learned this about 10 years ago, like, okay, stop it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I, I don't think I would like the person that I would have become had I not gone through some of the things that I've gone yes. through. I wouldn't have been somebody that can identify and reach out and connect with people mm -hmm. at all. And so I, you know, so while I didn't want to go that path, I think that there's something about who I was becoming that was not the person God needed me to be in yes. order to reach out to the people that I've been able to reach out to. Oh, yes. So I don't know. Have you guys <laughs> noticed that? I mean, and, and I've had time to reflect on this. So <clears throat> I don't know if on the cuff question like that is going <laughs> to, so I've had time to reflect on that. But do, do, have you noticed anything about that? You know, I know for me, I would be lost. Yeah. I don't know how I would make it. Um, you know, I don't know who I would be because yeah. I was just I was just out there doing any and everything. Um, and my biggest thing was to go to the club. I was a clubber. I used to mm -hmm. love the club. <clears throat> and I don't know who I would have turned out to be. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I would even be here right. um, today. And this is for Tanya, Andrea, and Keisha. <laughs> I think y'all on the line. Um, I know everyone has seen that commercial where the ladies testifying in church. Oh, yes. For New Year's. I probably would be her. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say what she said, mm -hmm. but um, I probably would be her. But, I mean, you never know yeah. what um, who you would be. Um, and I believe that everything that we ha we go through, it has God has a way of humbling us. Yes. God has a way of bringing us back in, in line and check with him. Mm -hmm. Um I just I just don't know. I'm afraid to know yeah, or I to know, see right? who I would have turned so out I'm to glad be. I don't know. Yes, <laughs> so it's a great thing to know um, where I came from mm -hmm. and where I'm at at today because I would be lost. I would be just I don't I don't know. And who I was would a single parent. Have, yes, you know exactly. You yeah. know who would be raising my children. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I look at um, some parents, some mothers who who are really struggling and they're having hard times or children are getting trouble. It's just so much that's going on. You know, I look at, look, that could be me. That mm -hmm. could have been me. Right. But I just thank you for where I'm at and who I am today. Right. You know, so I, I rather appreciate who I am today than to know exactly who I would be if mm -hmm. um, I didn't allow those things to make me and bold me into my purpose. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, you know, we can go through those things and, and you just made me think of this, but, you know, we can go through those things, but, and we have a choice in those situations mm -hmm. to change our lives for the better mm -hmm. or to become bitter and go down and a, a, a downward, a spiral, spiraling downward. So I could have still gone through the divorce yes. and still didn't acknowledge that, you know, well, this is a lesson mm -hmm. and this is supposed to make me better, um, but still be that person that looks at other people like, hmm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some element of us owning the lesson that we're yes. supposed to learn in that situation and, oh, and yes. getting better as a result. 
So, yeah. So, Felicia, <laughs> <laughs> who do you think you would be without the trials that you faced? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I, I don't know who I would have been. But um, I can say um, I am so grateful. Um, I am just grateful that I went through everything mm-hmm. that I have been through. Mm-hmm. It has definitely been a humbling experience. Um, even right now, I feel like I'm a I'm a better praise and worship yes. person. <laughs> you know, it's like my worship is so authentic when it comes to God because it's like God. You got me through this stuff. And when I look back, like, oh, my God. And even um, one particular time in my life when, you know, I almost lost my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that was that was a definitely wake-up call for me as well yeah. um, because the fact that I had appendicitis. Mm. And my appendix ruptured, and I got there just in time. Wow. And I, I remember um, even before... Um, they didn't know what was wrong. They said, okay, we're going to have to put her on the surgery, and we're just going to have to rip her open. Wow. And I remember a doctor that wasn't even on a duty walk and said, no, stop. Let's, let's not do this. <laughs> and I remember just him and I um, in that room, and um, after they really found out what was wrong, and he stepped over me, and he said, you know what? All I got to say is God has a purpose for your life. Wow. After 20 years of doing this, I've never seen anyone walk out, mm-hmm. walk out with this. Whoa. So you got to be grateful. You got whatever it is. <laughs> God yeah. got for you, you better do ready. it. Yeah. So I can say that it has definitely humbled me, even as being a teen mom, um, going through a divorce, mm-hmm. um, looking at my kids. God, I love those kids to death. They're, <laughs> they're just like, you know, um, the God can't say my best friends, yeah. but, you know, we, we have such a good relationship together. So I'm just grateful for who I am yeah. now. Yes. I think I might have been a little arrogant, something. Mm-hmm. I if, know I would have been. God, yeah, so I'm grateful. <laughs> Yes, yes. And who likes arrogant? Who? What arrogant person can really reach people in a meaningful right. way? You know, right. you you reach people, but you don't. <laughs> you know, but, but how do you reach those people? And what does that really mean? Right. You know. So, um, so when we come back, we're gonna get into a little bit more research. Um, so stay with us. We'll be right back. In the interest of science, science, science. All right, so today's science. So those of you who follow and listen to the show regularly, you've heard this one before. It's one of my favorites, and that is because um, it, it, it really talks about how we rise up out of the most difficult times that we experience. But I'm bringing it up again because it is very applicable to the topics that we're talking about today. It is called post-traumatic growth. Have you heard of you familiar? Yes. So post-traumatic growth is that idea that you are you experience something traumatic, but you change your life for the positive mm-hmm. after that experience. So a lot of times um, when we experience trauma, um, what we most commonly hear about is PTSD, post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress syndrome. Post-traumatic um, stress is another um, term that we use. And and while that statement still may happen, why we still may experience post-traumatic um, stress, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we still can't experience post-traumatic growth. So what happens is um, that it, it's well. Let me let me read what he says here. It's not about returning to the same life as it as was previous experienced during a period <clears throat> of traumatic suffering, but rather it is about undergoing significant life-changing psychological shifts in thinking and relating to the world. And I think that's huge. So it's not only that you know we change our lives, we see the we see the outcome of it. We mm-hmm. see that wow. He went through that, and now his life is totally different. But what's behind that is that they 
shifted in their thinking and they've shifted in the way they relate to the world. So the way that we relate to the world, you know, there's a lot of people who are very bitter, mm-hmm. you know, and so in in having that kind of mindset, um, you know, that can hold you back in a lot of different ways. But if you're able to change your thinking and the way that you relate to the world, that can make a big difference. Um, but they change their sh- their thinking and the way they relate to the world that contribute to personal uh, a personal process of change and is deeply meaningful. So while it's, it's, it's I, I don't have it listed right here, but I'm going to try to remember, <laughs> there are five different ways that post-traumatic growth is manifest in people's life after they've experienced it. One of those is they have a stronger sense of purpose and they understand, you know, wow, so I'm here for a reason Mm -hmm. and I'm going to try to walk in that purpose. So I'm going to live in that purpose. Um, The other one is that they have stronger relationships. So the people that are close to them, they appreciate them more. Mm -hmm. They cling to them more. They um, are more reciprocal and they, they, they really um, build stronger bonds with the people in their lives. Um, Another one is that they have a stronger sense of spirituality. And so now they understand the, the, they, they build a relationship. They have a stronger bond. Um, between themselves and God and how they move about their lives as a result. And so previously there may have been a relationship, there Mm -hmm. may have been a connection, but after post-traumatic growth, it's strengthened. Um, And there's two more, but those were the most important three. (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and try to memorize them all. But but if you are interested in learning more about post traumatic growth, um, you know there's a lot. And a lot of the research comes out of the University of North Carolina Charlotte, where they um, they have a center for research on post traumatic growth, and they've actually Mm -hmm. um, coined the term. And so they do a lot of work. Um, there. So if you want to Google it, learn a little bit more on um, the researchers are Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun. Um, great work that they're doing. Um, but it helps to, I guess, put words to, you know, academic scholarly words to, <laughs> to these experiences. And, and, you know, you'd be surprised how much being able to point to something and saying, you know what, that's what I've experienced mm-hmm. gives people a little bit more direction. Um, I did a, um, a training with a group of inmates, um, former inmates actually, um, in, and who actually prefer to be called returning citizens. So we'll call them returning citizens. Um, but with a group of returning citizens who really, um, when they were able to see those five things, I mean, tears all throughout the room. Like, wow. So 10 years ago, not one of those applied to my life. And now here I am today and all five of them applied to my life. And, you know, and here I am thinking I'm just doing a scholarly presentation <laughs> and and had no idea the impact that, that just having this information and having it tangible for them to realize there was a process mm-hmm. in how they came to be where they are today um, really made a difference for them, yes. you know. So, so I would love to talk a little bit about purpose. So we talked about brokenness, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So how does that all tie into purpose? And um, and so what I first will start with asking is, do you, I guess, how clear is your purpose to you? And when did that start to become clear to you? I know it's a kind of a lifelong evolving thing, but I'll, either one of you, I'll start with you. <laughs> For me, my purpose, I will say my I birthed my purpose when you all picked me up to publish my book. Wow. And I always say all the time that my book wasn't just a book just to put out, mm-hmm. to share. That book did a lot for me. That was my breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And while I was writing the book, it I began to see that God had so much for me. And he began to reveal my purpose. You know, I always hear people say, 
um, you just have a loving spirit. You always loving everybody. You always there for everybody. And I just thought that that was just who, you know, that's just me. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love people. And even though people, even when people would mistreat me, people would take advantage of me, I would still always find a way to love them. I would still give them my last if I, you know, Mm -hmm. if I had it. Excuse me. So I began to see my purpose during during my book process and to begin to go out and to speak and to encourage other women. I began to realize just hear what women have to say and see what they're going through. I began to realize that, God, you have me here for a purpose. You have me here to be a light, to be an example, to help others, to serve, do the will of God, to, you know, show you, hey, God loves you, you know, so do the will of God to, you know, show you, hey, God loves you, you know, so who am I to go around and to judge you or to mistreat you, right. you know, so my purpose is to serve, to help others, so I have, mm-hmm. it's just to smile ear, whether it's to encourage them, whether mm-hmm. it's just to smile ear, whether it's to encourage them, whether mm-hmm. it's just to smile, yes. you know, um, just being able to do what it is that God have purpose me to do. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. that's just that's just <laughs> you know, those that are for me and those that are not. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's just that's just who I am. Yeah. So the book it was it was a lot. It was my breaking point. It's my breakthrough to realize, hey, you know, you went through that. I allowed you to go through that because you have a purpose and this is what's going to help you. This is what you're called to do because um he can't use someone else to fulfill my purpose no. if if it's not their calling. Right. So just being able to just serve others is where I see my purpose is and knowing that that's what God have coming to do mm-hmm. is to serve and give back. That's great. I love yes. it. And one of the things that you said was, you know, even those people who are for you and those who are not, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the things that um, that I've discovered you know, during in the journey is that there are going to be those who are for you and there's going to be those who are not. And and I think what I have to constantly remind myself of is that those people, you know, who are not for you, mm-hmm. those people who you're you a reminder to them of what they aren't doing and right. what they need to do to get themselves together. And whether or not they consciously realize mm-hmm. that they're uncomfortable in your presence because there's something they need to be doing. And mm-hmm. you're a constant reminder of that. Um, and so, th- you know, what I've tried to do is adjust myself. And you mentioned dimming lights, you know, <laughs> dimming your light. And, you know, and, and I've tried to do that for people and only to find out that it doesn't matter if I dim my light mm-hmm. because it's not about me and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Really, it's about, you know, them and, and what they need to do and what mm-hmm. they're not doing. Um, so we can't be hindered by, you know, so when we're walking in purpose, it is inevitable right. that we're going to have the naysayers, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just what it is. Um, not always easy, but, <laughs> but that's, right. that's part of the journey. And that's part of what is going to continue to shape us into who we are. Because guess what? We still have the opportunity to become people that we don't like. Right. So we still have to be willing to be shaped <laughs> in this journey so that when we're 80, we're like, you know, I kind of like this person. <laughs> so we have to continue on that road. We'll right. be right back. <laughs> Okay, so this week's balance challenge is I want you to transform your negative experiences into positive energy. So when we have negative experiences, we like to just sometimes mope and drag and be sad about it. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay to do that for about five minutes. 
But then you got to pick yourself up and you got to go about your business because you got things to do. So, um, so what I want you to do is transform your negative experiences into positive energy. And here's three ways um, to go about it, although there are a number of different ways. Um, so one of those ways is to remember who loves you. Remember the people that you have around you, who support you, who's your team, who are the people on your team. Remember those people, focus on those people and not the other folks. <laughs> Number two, change the method of love, but not the capacity of love. So you may have to change your method of how you love certain people. You know, that's what that's we true. do when we move in and out of relationships. The method has to change, you know. <laughs> Can't call you every day. Can't, you know, do all these things for you anymore. Changing the methods. I'll just pray for you now. Or right. I'll just wish you well. If your name comes up, I won't frown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to change my method of love, not the capacity of love. And then the last one is new use new language to describe the experience. So I definitely am guilty about this. So when I tell you guys this, it's because I know I need to work on this stuff too. <laughs> but change the language um, to describe the experience. So when I say that, you know what, it's all over, forget it, I'm just done the language needs to change because <laughs> some things i just can't be done with some mm -hmm. things god put me in the seat i'm supposed to be driving so i gotta do it you know so um so you gotta change the language well okay we're taking a detour today or we're learning a new route or we're doing you know but learn how to change the language so those are three ways to turn your negative experiences into positive energy and i want you to try it this week and i want you to report back to me Welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and uh, we're we've spent this last couple of hours talking about broken but for a purpose. And I think we did a pretty good job of covering uh, most of it. We can do a whole show on purpose, yes. though, you know. So, <laughs> so for those of you who are curious about the shirt that I have on, it is um, really nice, nice, nice shirt. But you guys need to go to Positive Gear, Positive underscore Gear on Instagram, and I want you to tell this person I just heard about you on the Live Exchange. Do it. Do me a favor. <laughs> let them know that you just heard about their gear on the live exchange. So, again, that is Instagram, positive underscore gear. gear. If you guys love me, you'll do it. <laughs> All right. So, so, so just to, um, I, I did want to hear a little bit more about purpose. And so, um, you know, and so Latasha talked a little bit about it. Um, and so, Felicia, what, what have you found your purpose to be in, in your life journey? Okay. Um, for me, my purpose after just oh everything that I've been through, oh my God, um, and I had to go and realize what has got me through all of this stuff, and I found myself loving worship, mm. um, and so even as being on on my um, praise and worship choir at the church, I noticed that whenever I get into um, an atmosphere of praise and worship, yes. it's just like it, it takes me to a whole nother, nother level, you know, a whole nother dimension, even in God. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to realize that praise and worship, oh, God, this has got to be my purpose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this has got to be my purpose. Um, and one of the other things is definitely evangelistic. I mean, that is definitely a purpose. I enjoy going out and reaching people outside of the church. Mm -hmm. As much as they like to put me inside the church, <laughs> I work best outside, outside the church. Of the church. Mm -hmm. And so just this past year, um, I volunteered with the homeless ministry um, in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. We, we actually do a homeless, um, well, they actually do a homeless ministry under the Calhoun Bridge on 15th wow. Street. Wow. And my God, 
I'm like, and we in this every Saturday at 1 p.m. And when I go there, like I said, there are no walls. We're under yes. a bridge. Yes. But being there and um, volunteer on the intercessory prayer team and just having you know people just come up and then as they come up they just fall in your arms and and they just start just crying out for Mm -hmm. help and just praying with them and interceding on their behalf and even in the midst of that just getting into a place of worship but standing under that bridge sometimes it's so cold but but we take our coat off because you know because we get into a place of worship where we start ushering them into the spirit of God. So for me, my purpose out of everything that I've been through, I had to realize, God, what helped me get through all of this stuff? Mm -hmm. And it was definitely prayer, praise and worship. And so for me, going out, being under that bridge or whether it's at church, getting into a place of just ushering in the spirit, you know, um, at one time I sat down and said, God, because I've been through so much because of my brokenness. I don't feel like I can be used. I don't want to stand up here in front of people. But my God, God used me the best in the midst of my brokenness. And yet that is the reason why you were used. You know what I mean? It's the reason why. And we say that. We say, well, because I've been broken, I can't be used. No, Mm -hmm. actually, that is why you're being used. Yes. So, um, wow, you guys, mm, this is good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff. And, and, I, and I believe my purpose is to help people tell their stories in writing, yes. on the show, with my doctoral students. It just seems to kind of be the common thread in, in letting people tell their stories, um, which hopefully in turn will help and touch other people. Um, but I want to thank you all so much for joining us on the live exchange. Um, Dr. Pamela, if you all want to find Latasha Woodcock's book, go to Amazon Please. and look for Latasha Woodcock. It's Behind Her Smile. It's Behind Her Smile. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. So um, thank you so much. Next week, we're going to be joined by relationship expert Trim, Tim Trainard, also known as T.R. Reynard. I, I know I'm saying it wrong, but he's going to correct me next week. He is. So stay with us. It's going to be a great show. It's going to get you ready for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and uh, so thank you so much, um, Latasha and Felicia, for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you so much. And um, we'll see you next week on the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. Have an amazing week.